take charge of your leadership development. Join our How to Take the Lead Substack community for bonus materials, exclusive content, and discussions that will challenge and change the way you lead. Visit howtotakethelead.com to find out more. Sorry, what the listeners can't see is the way you were like swinging your shoulders then, Lee. I love that. That was honestly just such a picture. Coming in, all guns blazing. I was all gung-ho. You're listening to How to Take the Lead with Lee Griffith and Carrie M. Wade. Two corporate colleagues turned business besties who question everything we've ever learned about leadership. What started with us putting the world to rights over a gin after work is now a weekly show challenging the myths and perceptions and exploring what leadership looks like in the modern day. We'll also be sharing our experiences and stories along the way. Visit howtotakethelead.com to find our show notes, subscribe to our email list for extra goodies, as well as catch up on previous episodes. And we're now on social media. Media, so get involved in the conversations by following us on Twitter or Instagram at How to Take the Lead. Welcome to episode two of series two of our How to Take the Lead podcasts. Hello, Lee. Welcome. Lovely to see you. Good morning, Carrie Anne. How are you this fine day? I am not too bad. I've got a bit of a tickly throat, so apologies if I have a little uh, clear of my throat or I have to go on mute whilst to do it. <laughs> Were you raving last night? <laughs> uh, uh, do you know, there's a bit of me that would love to say yes, but absolutely not. It's, it gets dark too early. Oh. It's too cold and windy. I am going into uh, hibernation mode early, I think. I don't know about you. I, I was getting a train at nine o'clock last night in central London and thinking, oh, there's so many people around. I was like, oh, where's all these people? What are they doing? Like, why are they not at home in their beds? <laughs> why are they only just coming out at nine o'clock when I'm going home? <laughs> yes. Oh, dear. So let's crack on. Enough of the chit chat. I'm sure that's not what listeners join us for hearing us talking about life stuff. Maybe it is. I don't know. But we wanted to talk in this episode about change and transitions and I think one of the things that is inevitable in life uh, is change as we move through our careers and our leadership journeys being able to manage and deal with change I think feels like a really important part of that and we talked about this in in episode one of this series but if we look at the current climate that we're operating in with changes in government uncertainty over cost of living wider national and international issues we are all every day dealing with the impacts of change I think But I wanted to just flip the focus a little bit because I think as leaders, we often talk about change management and leading through change through the lens of some of the issues that I've mentioned and the need for leaders to be good at change management. But I thought it would be nice to take the opportunity and take some time to bring it a little closer to home and think about the impacts of change on us personally as leaders. Mm. So perhaps not through that big organizational change management sphere of things but more about how change impacts us personally um so that's what we're going to focus on this episode in terms of conversation and I guess I was going to start with talking about the first time I recall dealing with change personally in this way and I think for me it was about landing what I perceived to be my first leadership position. So that point at which I took on a role that I felt had more authority and that there was an expectation that I would lead people as as part of that role. And I remember 
stepping into that and feeling a mixture of excitement and anxiety and I guess for me an overriding fear that I was going to get found out for not being mm-hmm. good enough or somehow I got this job and I shouldn't have got it yet it was too too soon and too early and and I think it felt like quite a lot of change and a space where I was transitioning into something different in my career that I perhaps wasn't really sure how to handle so mm. I was going to come to you Lee to say a what was it like when you first stepped into what you saw as a leadership position and how you handled it and can you recall that first time of feeling like you were dealing with a transition in your leadership mm. journey before I answer the question which I will do this isn't a politician slide um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah please don't let it be after what we covered in episode one your your example that you used was it a transition that you were making willingly like was that an opportunity yes. you were seeking yeah, yeah absolutely an opportunity that I wanted and and personally thought I was ready for in my career and felt like I'd worked quite hard to get yet still when I got it was pinching myself a bit and thinking somebody's going to tell me that I shouldn't have got this job it was a big mistake they meant to employ someone else so for me that felt like quite a a strange space to be in because as you say a space I willingly wanted to transition into but maybe didn't feel quite equipped to deal with how that would make me feel so yeah yeah Mm. You've got me thinking about it even more now, Lee. (laughs) (laughs) It's an interesting one because I don't think I necessarily had the same moment that you had in my career, but there were definitely moments when I had clear transition points in my career and can look back, or even at the time, thought oh, I handled this well, I didn't handle this well. I think the thing that stuck out at me, and I, I think I've talked about this previously on one of our shows, so I'll try not to be too repetitive, but I'd joined a new organisation in quite a senior role. And I suppose for context, the the setup for me joining was that they wanted some f- fresh blood in into the organization they wanted someone to come and change things I was inheriting a team who the feedback I'd had wasn't particularly great on um but they were also there wasn't much of a team so they were building a team and I I entered it it was like my big opportunity to show that I was coming in, you know, I was a bit gung-ho. Sorry, what the listeners can't see is the way you were like swinging your shoulders then, Lee. I love that. That was honestly just such a picture coming in, all guns blazing. Yeah, I was all gung-ho. And I think one of my lasting impressions was that I perhaps didn't handle it all as sensitively as I could have. I didn't perhaps take enough time to appreciate. I I think I listened to the narrative a bit too much Mm. of the organisations not great and the communications weren't great in the organisation. So I did, I started at a point of where everything's bad and I was the saviour almost. I wasn't quite, quite like that, but it was that sense of, not coming to fix it yeah and and I let that get to my head a little bit to begin with and I don't think I handled stuff as sensitively as I could have I don't think I you know I didn't 
throw grenades or whatever it wasn't like a massive falling out there was not one moment where I thought oh I've handled this really badly and there's no point of return or or whatever but I just think it was a moment in time in which I then in subsequent transitions I've been really more careful in in not making those mistakes I suppose I think it's interesting isn't it it's only sometimes on reflection that you can see that you maybe didn't handle things as well as you could have handled them or that you would have done something differently um so it's it's only like with time that you've looked back and gone actually I could have maybe listened to the team more or done a bit of my own digging and research about what was really going on rather than just accepting it was as it was presented to you at the Mm, time so I think that is something that leaders should bear in mind that you're going to go through transition and change and not always handle it perfectly and that's that's life but actually it's about what you can learn from it for the future it's never going to be perfect and I've also been on the receiving end of leaders who have come in all gung-ho and I have to say you know collectively it's had a big impact on me it's it is one of the things that I work with leaders on now is how they enter well into organizations and it's one of the things that I work on in terms of that not just taking everything at face value and doing your own work and your own triangulation and listening and everything before you take those steps so it's obviously had a profound impact on me over the time because I do feel so strongly about it now yeah absolutely and I I like your comments about entering an organization well and I know that that's something that you do really work with with leaders on um in the role that you're doing now Lee and I think if I take that back to my example I don't think I'd thought about that at all I think (laughs) I've been so focused on getting the job that I wanted and getting through that process and with the hope that I was going to be offered it that I didn't spend any time at all thinking about okay what happens when I get the job like how do I want to land in this Mm. role what is it that's going to be important for me to do what do I need to to take on board to to have an impact which is probably where then that feeling of like oh my goodness I'm a bit overwhelmed and I'm going to get found out for being an imposter came from you could have done with my 100 day plan program I could have done with your 100 day (laughs) plan program so moving this on slightly one of the things that I've been hearing from listeners actually which is brilliant that people are giving us feedback is about that transition when you move from a peer to a leader so we sort of touched on first leadership experiences Mm. a little bit but I don't know if you've been in this position Lee but I have moved into more senior leadership positions within the same team or organization and for me that has definitely felt different Mm. to getting a role in a completely new organization so what sort of advice would you give to people who who find themselves in that situation getting promoted internally and then having to step into a space where you're leading a team of people that were your peers yeah it happens a lot and I've been in that situation in organizations where I've been promoted to more senior roles and the dynamics of the relationship suddenly your peers become your subordinates I don't like that word but you'll become more senior but then also you're navigating a new world of peers who also saw you as quite junior so there becomes two levels of dynamic that you have to navigate as a leader even chief executives if it's an internal promotion still have the same kind of navigation to have and I do a lot of this with 
new leaders or leaders moving into roles. And I was glibly mentioning the 100-day plan, but the concept of having intentionality in the impact you want to make in your role, whether it's an internal promotion or you're moving to a new organisation, is a really important one because I don't think it is something you can leave to chance. And I think the mistake that people often make is when they get into a role, they feel they have to demonstrate their value from day one and they start to sacrifice certain things. So they might sacrifice their vision for some quick wins to show that they've got it all in hand. They might sacrifice their boundaries and suddenly they've set precedents they didn't mean to from the beginning. I think when you've got friends in your perhaps peer group and suddenly your that relationship changes, you've seen this where leaders suddenly feel like they've had a personality transplant overnight because they think, oh, I'm in this new post, I need to become this new person. So I think having that intentionality beforehand around how do I bring my authentic self into a new role whilst setting some boundaries, being open and honest with people where the relationships are perhaps shifting and changing is really important. I think if you try to recreate yourself in a new role, particularly when people know you and you haven't done that over time and it isn't authentic to you, you lose that integrity from day one and you lose trust and it can be really hard to to then manage those relationships. I think from the friendship point of view, that's you're having open and honest conversations with people. If those relationships are changing, trying to understand how you're going to work together, it can be as simple as having a coffee with someone and going, look, I'm changing into this role. This is what it's going to mean. How, How are you feeling about that? And how can we make sure that we protect our friendship or even make it clear that I'm not going to be showing favoritism to you or or whatever it might be um I think that's an important part that we don't often think through and that's why I, I go back to the point about there's a lot of stuff you can do as an individual before day one in that job to put the right things in place and to think through all the hurdles you might need to overcome and it's feels to me like in some respects if there is a hierarchy of importance that it could be more important to do that if you're in an internal promotion position and it is moving to a completely new organization because it comes with all of those extra um, potential complications or extra things that you need to consider like the points we've made about sort of friendships re-establishing different boundaries perhaps or boundaries that you didn't need to put in place before so I think that that for me that feels like that planning for day one and then your 100 day plan is is as important if not more so in that internal kind of promotion space um yeah uh, definitely for me and I think it's interesting what you said around peer groups shifting and changing because as well as potentially becoming a leader of a group of your peers previously you're in that new space with a new peer group that you haven't been in before and I think Mm. it does take a while to adapt to the fact that sometimes the more senior you become that you're in more than just one team I think it's quite easy when you're in certain positions to think about yourself as being part of 
the HR team, the finance team, the communications team, and that that's your role and that's your team. Mm. And although you're there to to serve a bigger purpose within the organisation, your team feels quite well defined. But when you step into that leadership space, you're then part of a leadership team within the organisation and you've got more than one hat on that you have to wear. And I think sometimes you're not quite as aware of that until you're in that position. I think the point you make about the internal promotion is true there are extra considerations that you perhaps need to make beforehand in terms of how you're going to navigate certain things but I think that the the concept is still true even if you're moving within a sector so you might not be in the same organization because the networks are so strong because your reputation precedes you in places because you don't know who you might come across again in your working life so you might encounter people in a new organization that you've previously who might have been more senior to you for example or might have been part of your team you don't know who you might meet again and so so all of those things come into play when you're thinking through stepping into a new space wherever that space might be how do I want to land well what's the impact I want to make how am I actually going to make this happen and it isn't something that you can just suck it and see CEO level is not easy. Staying there is harder still. The average UK CEO tenure is less than five years. Meanwhile, 50% of executives don't make 18 months in post. That's why it's essential you don't leave those first days and weeks in your dream job to chance. Being intentional with what you see, say and do is a must-have first step if you're going to make the right impact. With the 100-day plan, I help you get clear on your big vision, set a strategy that connects and the communications plan to deliver it. Using my six steps to make an impact framework, you'll have intensive one-to-one support, blending coaching, strategy days, and done with you consulting, as well as my expert eye on all your messaging and communications. Visit sundayskies.com to find out more. If you're enjoying this episode of How to Take the Lead, please hit subscribe and go and leave a review or rating. We'd also love to hear your stories and thoughts on today's topic. Please DM us at how to take the lead on Instagram or Twitter or tag us into your socials using the hashtag how to take the lead. Your point about you never know who you're going to come across again and and what the, the, I hate to use the word because I don't really like the idea of power, but there is Mm. one there, how that dynamic might be different. And Mm. an example that always springs to mind for me is one of my friends who went into teaching and ended up in an assistant head teacher role line managing basically in our old secondary school line managing one of the teachers that used to teach us in secondary oh. school I mean like oh. what sort of weird Awkward. dynamic is that and and actually I think that the you know that our old teacher was actually really open and accommodating to it but I just remember my friend saying to me I couldn't call him his Christian name because just to me he was Mr Smith and I had to keep calling him that so it is quite interesting isn't it that like you never know who you're going to yeah. meet again when you're moving around in your career you also touch on a really important element there which is your perception versus the reality so sometimes you can go into you know you might be changing role and you might be thinking 
oh, what are my friends going to think? What are they going to think? And you project certain impressions that might not be true, which is why I say you need to sometimes have these open and honest conversations and explore what that new relationship and dynamic is going to look like because you're only making assumptions and that's usually based on your insecurities and that might not always be true as seen in the case you've just said. And I think just to touch on that friendship point, because that, that is something that we hear from listeners and something that we've had some conversations about, like that whole idea of how you manage leading your friends. So, you know, it's natural to build up friendships with people that you work with, but then taking on that role, I think, can feel like a challenge. And And I liked your advice about having those open and frank conversations, because I, I think one of the things that people particularly worry about in that scenario is um, the idea that others in the team might think you are showing favoritism because they know that you're friends with somebody Mm. outside of the work environment and sometimes that point you've made around you know being your authentic self like I think you can feel the need or the desire to really like almost over assert yourself in that mm. dynamic, which could have an impact on your friendship because you're trying so hard to prove that it doesn't matter that we're friends to everyone else in the team. So I think yeah. those conversations with the people that you are friends with is really important to think about what what do our boundaries look like now in the workplace and, and how is it feeling for everybody, for sure. I mean, I know a leader who... Um, had quite a strong friend group became the manager and there were definitely moments when their behavior was so different between they, they would switch on the friendship hat in the workplace and that got really messy and confusing and it was quite hard for people to understand where they stood with that individual at times because they were like well sometimes you're the jokey friend that I can have a laugh with and then sometimes you're trying to like call me out on this issue and tell me off and I don't really know when we're in and so which mode we're in here yeah Yeah. so you know as a leader the responsibility is on you at the end of the day it's not on the people that you manage or you work with to manage those relationships or adapt their behaviors you need to be consistent in the approach that you take and you need to think it through And I think the other thing I would say, and I've experienced this where I wouldn't say they were friendships, but they were friendly colleagues that I've worked with that perhaps you would have a moan over a coffee or whatever. And when I changed roles, became more senior and those dynamics did shift, I don't think I changed my approach really, but they didn't like the fact that I had a different type of authority and I was getting involved in stuff that they wanted to get involved in and you know that's okay some people are just not going to be okay with the fact that you've changed your position in an organization and you will lose potential I say friends with the kind of rabbit ears because that are they friends or not if they don't if they don't support and stick by you or you might lose people who you saw as kind of closer colleagues and that's okay because we've talked about before around the concept of who's in your support network and that needing to shift and adapt as your needs change as a leader and that's one of the fallouts sometimes and something to be aware of and go into those situations with your eyes open so that you are having those open honest conversations thinking about what boundaries you need to set that might be different from the ones that you had before and thinking about the impact that you want to have I think the other thing that can sometimes happen when you're a leader is that you're often the person who's in the position of leading a change so you know you've talked about 
going into a team and and having a sense that you might need to make change in it because the team had bad reputation or whatever. So you might be in a position where you're leading a restructure or some sort of organisational change. And I think it can be easy to forget that those changes can impact on us too as leaders. And also we can be on the receiving end of some of those changes ourselves. So perhaps it's getting a new boss. I've experienced that quite a few times now where a new chief executive comes into an organisation and you're then left in a position where you're thinking, is that going to change what they want me to deliver mm. in my role will my priorities change will will we get on are we going to have a rapport are they going to want to work with me in the same way as my old chief executive so I think sometimes when you're in a leadership position you can forget that some of these things are going to happen to you as an yeah. individual as well so what sort of things do you think we should be considering when we are finding ourselves in those scenarios? I mean, for me, I think it goes back to this word intentionality. I think regardless of the scenario, there's always some pre-thinking you could do. Things rarely happen like that. There is always a sense of, you know, a new leader is going to be joining or you know... Most of the time. Most of the time. (laughs) There does sometimes happen where it is you walk in and there's someone new there. And then there's a bit of thinking on your feet. But I'd say 90%, if not higher, the time there is some preparation for everyone involved before a change happens when it comes to moving job roles. So I think as a leader, part of your role is to think through, right, how do I think and feel about this? What's the store I want to set out, for example, to the person if there's someone coming in as a new leader just take that as an example what's going to be important for me what do I want to demonstrate to them where do I want to get answers is there an opportunity here for me what do I want that to be what are the questions I want to answer you can start to think what might be going through their mind what are their priorities likely to be how can I help support that and this that and the other so I think you can do some of that pre-thinking as you go then you think about what how do I need to be showing confidence to the team how might they be thinking and feeling with regards to how do you manage the team element you can't make it all about you but you do need to show an element of vulnerability and honesty to the team in terms of what you do and don't know so there's no point trying to be all it's all fine nothing's going to change when you don't know that that's going to happen but you can say look this is the direction we're going in at the moment I don't know what the plans are for the new let's say for example as a chief exec I don't know what the new chief exec's intentions are at at the minute but we know that this is what we've got to work on and as soon as I get any more information it's better to to say you don't know than say nothing and create this kind of vacuum that other people are going to fill with their own narratives and stories so I think that's an important thing to consider if you have a lot of unanswered questions and you're feeling anxious about it it's okay to show some of that vulnerability but don't make it all about you recognize that other people might be thinking and feeling the same I think there's a bit for me as well that particularly in the example of a new leader when that's the change that's going to have an impact on you personally just reconsidering like your values and what's important to you in terms of the role that you're doing Mm. as a leader in that organization because you know, sometimes new leaders come in and obviously they've been appointed because they have the same value set that is important to that organisation. Mm. But sometimes new leaders come in with a totally different 
sort of set of values, way that they want to work, set of priorities. And I have been in that position where a new chief executive has come in and actually very early on, it's felt like the things that are important to this chief executive don't align with what I feel is important, partly for like my experience in the organisation. It's taken it in a very different direction that I'm not confident is going to land that well but equally our value sets are so different that I'm going to find it really hard to build that relationship with you and I think it's important to just recognize some of that Mm. and be able to think that there might be times when that change means personally for you it's an opportunity for you to look to do something else because actually it's not going going to work for you in a way that feels good and positive and and something that's going to help you to progress I'm not necessarily sure that happens that often but I think it it is important to recognize that could be part of the personal impact of a change like that on you as a leader in your current position and to be open to thinking that through and sitting in that for a bit to see what that really means for you personally I mean, you say it doesn't happen that often. I think it happens more often than people realise, even if it might not be immediate, but any leader at any level in an organisation will be, if they're coming into a space, they should be having this conversation around, right, what do we need to achieve as an organisation? And who do I need around me to make that happen? And then there's the, the process of going, well, the people I've got around me are they a on the same page will they get on the same page is there an upskilling or training opportunity that would get them on the same page or do they need to just find another opportunity and the reality is every leader goes through or should be going through a version of that to make sure they've got an aligned team around them that is fit for where the organization needs to go to and I think as an individual if you're one of those people in a team be savvy to the fact that that's going to happen and think about where you want to position yourself in that yeah I've been in organizations where new leaders have come in and there's been real hesitance from the senior team from some of the senior team to want to see change to want to see a different way of working and whatever and then there's been another group of people within the senior team who've gone do you know I'm going to hop on this bus and see where it goes and and go with the flow who are the people that have stayed around yeah and and I think you have to be able to have those honest conversations with yourself don't you about what direction you want your leadership journey to go in and take some control of that rather than waiting to be done to and if that control is yeah this feels great I love the idea of some new ways of working some change I'm totally up for this then great but actually if that really isn't what's going to float your boat ultimately you're not going to perform well you're not going to be as invested so be open to recognizing that in yourself and taking some of that action for yourself rather than waiting to be moved on I would just add to that if you are in that latter stage you still need to think really carefully about how you're reflecting your own personal thoughts and feelings to your team so you might not want to get on the bus that doesn't mean your team might not want to get on the bus and so you need to still demonstrate some objectivity in the way that you're presenting and positioning stuff to the team how you're helping them to see the vision of the leader and all of that until the time that you decide to go yeah you're a leader while you're there leading like you say until you go you've got a responsibility and an accountability as a leader there haven't you yeah and I think you've you've touched on this 
already I think in what, what we've just been talking about Lee but I do think that sometimes we need to be kinder to ourselves as leaders and cut ourselves some slack because you're quite right we don't always know what's coming next in some of these circumstances like we won't always have the roadmap we won't necessarily fully understand the impacts of some of the change on our teams you've given us some examples but how do you really support your team as a leader when you don't have all the answers and and I guess if you're a leader of an entire organization even bigger how do you support your organization through a a period of transition where you maybe don't know what's coming next there's the formal and the informal ways in which you do that so you look at your formal structures how can staff raise questions, ask what's happening, give their feedback, whether you have that structure organisationally or even within your team, have the opportunity for regular check-ins with people. Even if you have nothing to say, it's better to say, I have nothing to say than not say anything, if that makes sense. And then I think there's the informal stuff. So as leaders anyway, how are you getting out and about, whether it's in your team or the wider organisation? How are you feeling what the mood is out there? How are you understanding what the informal conversations, what are the stories people are telling in the organisation that are the unofficial stories because they will be going on and your key as a leader is to try and tap into those and either use that to help inform the questions you need to answer or inform perhaps the strategy as you start to develop it or even just allay some of the fears and nip it in the bud if it's starting to snowball. So I think there's the big macro and the micro stuff that you could be doing. We've got to that time in the episode where time has run away from us again. And I think it's about time we shared some top takeaways. So if you are a leader who is going through some sort of transition and experience some of the things that we've talked about in, in today's episode, what would be your top takeaways for those leaders, Lee, from today? For me, there is just one thing. You need to be intentional and think it through from the outset. So whether it's a 100-day plan, whether it's some form of action plan where you've done that thinking about what's the impact you want to have, what the actions you need to take to make that happen in, things like what's your messaging going to be, what are the boundaries you want to set so that the right precedents are set from, from the start, and how you're going to manage yourself in the process are all things that you could do some pre-work in. I And I think just to build on that from my point of view, there would be something about doing that with openness, honesty and transparency. So whether that's, whether that's having an open mind about where you're going next in your leadership journey and thinking that through and doing some of that intentional work in that space or whether that's about how you are setting boundaries with peers and friends within your team as you step into a more senior position, having some honest conversations about how people are feeling feels really important. Some useful top tips, I hope, for leaders who may find themselves in some sort of transitional period. Until next time, we'll see you for episode three. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you're the first to receive new episodes when they drop every Thursday. If you enjoyed the show, please rate it or leave a review. Visit housetakethelead.com for all the info from today's show to catch up on previous episodes and to sign up to our mailing list. And we'd love to know your thoughts and experiences on the topics we cover. Follow us at How to Take the Lead on Instagram and Twitter to get involved in the conversation. So until next week, get out there and take the lead. 